Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do, and more so, we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Welcome to all of our wonderful listeners. This is a great day for the Sipping Social Podcast. We're joined by two titans of the industry, if you will, um, the owners of Phase 3, Sean and Evan. Uh, Thanks for joining us, guys. Cheers, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. You know, we've had lots of your beers on the podcast and uh, at Social we sell a ton of your beer and it's become one of the staple handles that people don't even look at the the beer menu anymore they just say i'll have the phase three on draft and whatever it is that's what they're having so that's awesome uh, right now we're going to get into you guys's background and your history and, and learn a little bit about you guys but uh we're all sipping on some phase three vector oh. point which i'm about to have my first sip of so i'm excited cheers boys cheers, cheers. We had to do a social distancing curbside swap in the Ellen's parking lot of beer and whiskey this morning. <laughs> and then we divvied it up amongst the five of us that are sitting in front of our computers uh, via Zoom at our houses. So this is kind of a cool aspect of drinking your guys' beer, hanging out with you guys in this, uh, this uh, little setting here. Yeah, definitely different, but... Again, we're really happy to be on on board here. And it almost, I know you guys are crazy busy, we're crazy busy. So it almost kind of worked out better this way in a sense because we're able to all get together here at the same time. So it worked out. It's funny how that works. Uh, Making a good of such a crappy situation of all the circumstances going on. We get to come together and and get a little boozed up, which I know know Garrett's been looking forward to this all day. That's about 7.30 when I got out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I, I've known Evan for a couple of years, Sean. I've never had the pleasure of meeting you, so this is this is special for me. If you don't mind, just giving us a little bit of uh, background about where you come from and your brewing. Everybody goes nuts for your beer and has for a long time. Uh, so just a little quick snippet about you, if you don't mind. So yeah, I got into brewing about ten years ago. Kind of just uh, you know the typical story of like getting into homebrew, doing that kind of stuff out of my garage. I was working at a brewery at the time, you know, Ram. Uh, so it had a restaurant and brewery, so I was more front of house stuff, but was able to kind of wiggle my way into the back and kind of see what was going on and just nerd out. And I decided, at least back then, that was kind of what I would consider like the really big craft beer boom of like, you know, 2013, I would say is like right around that, give or take. I decided to go to Siebel just because it was a, a fairly competitive market. There weren't as many breweries out there. So if you wanted a job, you had to kind of stand out. Uh, so I went to Siebel, graduated there, and just kind of worked out that I ended up getting a full-time assistant job, assistant brewery position at Ram. And that was kind of where my professional brewing career, I guess you could say, really started. Worked my way up into being a, a regional brewer there. Advanced from assistant brewer to head brewer, head brewer to regional brewer. Uh, and then after that, you know, I was doing some cool things there, I thought, uh, with like s- different stouts and uh, hazy IPAs and whatnot. So brewery down in Villa Park was, you know, getting ready to open up and uh, they needed a brewer. So they had reached out to me and asked if I wanted to uh, be a part of that. So went there and got everything opened up, was kind of continuing, just kind of learning what I needed to do. 
And then, yeah, I mean, fast forward a couple of years later, you know, Evan and I were both working there. We had both worked at Ram and then we worked together at the, the brewery in Villa Park. And yeah, it was, and then it was just like, we started looking at each other and just like, yeah, like maybe, maybe we need to do something on our own here. Uh, There's just some things that were happening that was just kind of, I guess, out of line with what we wanted to see happen. So we decided that the best move was just to kind of do it on our own and take that, that risk and that chance and jump ship before it got too far out to sea. So we did that and that's phase three. So Ram, Ram and then more and then, and then here now phase three. So yeah, what was, kinda, what was the moment the where you were, when you were like making beer and you're like, you realized that you like looked at yourself and you're like, Oh shit, I'm doing something that like people care about. Or like, I, I think I might be really good at this. Like, what was that moment for you? Ah, it's hard to say. I definitely never got too bought into like what other people thought early on. That's not really why, again, this was like kind of before, you know, this is before the hazy IPA. And I think we all can kind of agree that that was like a big turning point in craft beer. It kind of really got people that weren't into craft beer into craft beer, but this is, this is all before that. So I was just very nerdy. I think uh, I was at a point in my life where I was deciding if I wanted to get into uh, culinary or And I was really about to pull the trigger and and get into culinary school, Uh, again, working at a restaurant that also had a brewery. But I was very intrigued by learning about food and I liked tasting things. I've always kind of been that way. So when I started brewing, it was just kind of a obvious path and a a very curious path and unusual path that got my attention. So learned as much as I possibly could about brewing. I mean, that's what I was going to say is like you can mechanically go through the motions of brewing, but like that palate is a key factor right so yeah like you were talking about like you like to taste things like in your in your past like growing up did you like watch a lot of food shows or were you always interested in taste (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that kind of stuff it sounds stupid but like yeah i I don't think i've ever been asked that question it's kind of kind of funny the answer is a little embarrassing there's some i definitely have some stories but I never really was into food i don't think either of my parents were were super into food we were very just average bland food like nothing nothing crazy at home uh they're from hoffman parents. estates is what he's trying to say <laughs> <laughs> grew up in Schaumburg, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you kind of can figure that out it's just like tomato sauce you know, yeah you know so there's no spicy foods or anything so i grew up very much like plain food so i never so i guess when i got old enough and two-part answer here so i'll, I'll keep kind of going there so yeah, yeah i was very interested at from a very young age i loved to, to smell things like i was very like anytime like we'd walk into like a home depot or a hardware store i loved the smell of like the sawdust smell or just the smell of like a of that kind of store and like there was a time where you know at my daycare they had like pulpery sitting on a on like you know the counter you know this is the 90s i thought they smelled so good that i like literally took a handful and like stuffed them in my pocket and i was like <laughs> sitting in the back of my mom's car like <laughs> sniffing pulpery and i was like what are you doing and i'm like nothing i knew it like I don't, nothing like don't nothing you know the little kid but needless to say, I've always been uh, I like smelling things. And I think that goes along with tasting. Uh, but at, at the same time, again, growing up with, you know, my parents, at least, uh, we didn't eat very exotic food. So my way of kind of entering that that thing, <laughs> that that relationship with food really started with with my nose. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, weird uh, answer and kind of a interesting question, I guess. But 
John is our, our question master, and since he's not in our industry, no, he, I mean uh, you, you, you kind of struck a chord with me with your answers. Like when I was growing up, like I love the smell of like tar, I love the smell of like paint. I, love, I mean, I would just smell all these things. I just like I yeah. love the unique smells of things, right? Yep. And I really think it's uh what I've learned lately, and I think just with you know I'm 31, I'll be 32 next month, and I think uh, with just the, kind of my my age and I feel like I'm getting more mature, you know, every year. And I, I think what I really enjoy about smell and taste is that is the memories that it can bring in the, at least for me. And I, and I love, I love when we can create a beer, whether it's a hazy IPA, a fruited beer, you know, that, you know, like a heavily fruited beer or uh, a stout with a bunch of adjuncts that I, my, my favorite thing is when I hear people say it reminds them of something, it reminds them of like their childhood, something you know I, th I think that to me is just like a really cool psychological point that i can relate to at least so it's it's always fun when you know we're able to create a neapolitan stout or something and then people just like man it this reminds me of being a kid on a friday night after pizza night or whatever sitting sitting on the couch with mom and dad and we got neapolitan ice cream like that's what this reminds me of so it's, it's definitely like a cool thing for me to see and uh, i definitely enjoy that aspect of it so yeah, that's cool, man. Like, I, you think about the whole process, right? Like, you, I mean, we can probably get into this later, but like, we've talked to some brewers where it's like, you want to get to that point where like, you, you can nail down that sense of smell and that taste. But to achieve that on a scale, that, you know, that people are doing, like, you don't want to waste, right? So how do you, how do you go through the process of basically getting to the point of nailing down that sense of smell, nailing down that sense of taste without huge waste? I think a lot of it obviously is, is risk. Um, you know, there's, there's been plenty of times where, you know, Evan, Evan can attest to this, where I, I have not been happy with a certain aroma based on maybe I could, I could talk for hours about this. I'm, I'm going to try to wrap it up in a kind of neat little package here. So it doesn't get too out of, out of hand or too we got, lengthy, we, but we got 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, whatever you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it definitely is like as a small brewery, we don't have uh, a lot of options or at least our first year, we didn't have a lot of options for contracting hops. We didn't get to go out and rub the hops that we, we were using in the first year. We weren't able to really know what hops we were getting, the quality of the hops, the smell of the hops. So a lot of it is based on either previous use of that hop, mm -hmm. trying a beer that also used that hop that we know used that hop, or just going literally on Google and trying to get the best kind of overall picture of that hop based on reviews or, or descriptions of that hop. So we'll kind of go out on a limb. We'll say, okay, well, this hop says it's supposed to have this, 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 this. This review says they got this, 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 this. So we should expect that if we use it, we should get this, 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 and this. But unfortunately, hops and pretty much everything in brewing is all dependent on on the environment that it's grown in or, or the water where the water came from or the malt where the malt was grown from or malted by. Um, so everything changes. So we've definitely had a couple instances where we're just like, man, like that hop kind of sucked. Like that wasn't what we thought we were getting. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I won't say that it it's always perfect. It definitely, we have times where we're totally not happy with a, a certain flavor profile or smell or, or something like that. Um, but I think we're getting better at that as we go. And, and a lot of times you'll see us pair stuff with Citra. Um, it's for a couple of reasons, but a lot of the times is at least I know with Citra, I know what we're getting out of it. So I can pair that up with something else. And then I can really dissect what that hop did with that beer. So then we can use that hop 
more appropriately the next time that we would we were to use it um so i always kind of use citra a little bit as a crutch uh you know admittedly like i know that it's going to create a, a a good beer um and hopefully it can hold up whatever hop i put up to it if i'm not confident in that hop or i've never used that hop or i wasn't able to particularly pick out that hop so you'll see a lot of citra used by us not all the time is it me just kind of using it as a crutch sometimes i really think like citra would be a great pair with with the other hopper hops that we're using but um sometimes it is like a little bit of a safety like uh let's let's use this because i'm not sure on that particular crop of hops or, or that particular hop in general how it's going to play with yeah. with our base beer and all that kind of stuff so Garrett and i love love yeah beers. i thought citra edit. I thought and, you just picked that because that's one we like. Citra? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we I mean, love Citra. I mean, really, who doesn't like Citra? I, mean, I know there's <laughs> yeah. a couple of people, but. How long have you. So you guys worked together at Ram. Did you guys know each other before that? Or. No, but we're yeah. we're about the same age. He's a little. He's a, what? You're, you're like a year and a half younger than me, Evan? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but and we both, both, you know, he grew up in in like Palatine Rolling Meadows area. And I grew up just south of him over in Schomburg Hoffman States area. So we were in the same school district and kind of grew up parallel to each other, but never knew I'm each sure other. I'm sure we hit the same skate parks at some point, but <laughs> uh, growing up, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Sean trained me in the dining room as a server at the Ram. That's weird. You should see how many regulars the kid had. Yeah. I, I was the Sunday guy. I had all the, the families <laughs> coming in and stuff. <laughs> nice. What is what's Ram's food? Is it is it just like uh, American? American. Bar? They they had a couple steaks on the menu, which was definitely a stretch. Burgers were their highest selling um, area of the menu, and then you know appetizers, and it was all kind of about you know really getting like a frosty mug of craft beer that they made on the other side of the wall was the whole kind of selling point there. Right. But they also had like fourteen martinis to choose from if you wanted that. So it was very confusing place <laughs> to go to. A lot of a lot of Smirnoff uh, flavored vodkas in there. Yeah. Yeah. Flavored vodkas. you know whatever you peppermint, whatever you want, dude. Let's Every go. seasonal <laughs> seasonal vodka that was out there was it was brutal. It was brutal. That's crazy, Evan. I can remember the first time I met you at Moore and the way you conducted your business front of the house. Now I had had lots of drinks. Uh, but I was having a great time. And it was like a Sunday. You were fine. It was like a Sunday afternoon. You were fine. We were having he, a good he time. He didn't tell you when he started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hospitality you extended to me always resonated. Anytime I went back there while you guys were there, post when you were there, just, I, I just always wanted, I never got to thank you for that because I felt like I almost learned something from you and tried to exude that in my day to day as a general manager because. The passion you had and how hospitable you were um, really left an imprint for me in the experience that I had there. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, I'm trying to remember that you were like, it was like a double date thing at the bar, right? It was, you were doing a, um, a fundraiser. You were giving 10 or 15% back to the veterans shelter in Wheaton here. Yeah, so, definitely remember that. I, yeah. This is, this is going to ruin my street cred, but I had done yoga with some friends. <laughs> nice. And my you didn't have free cred to begin with, dude. So you're good. It's all good. It's a walk. <laughs> That's perfect. It's a walk. Um, and then we went there afterwards. And actually, John, our producer, was there that day because um, his his wife was was part of the crew that we that I did yoga with. So, oh, okay. But no, man. I mean, I, I definitely remember that. Thank you for saying that. It's uh, definitely something that I've been passionate about. Been working in the restaurant business my my entire life. Um, so I never thought I'd be a manager because that always seemed like uh, 
a weird thing, but that that just kind of like with Sean, I mean, that's why we have grown together. I mean, when he, you know, got into the brewery side of things and was going to Siebel, like I was becoming a manager and kind of learning the ropes on that end and, and doing, you know, management uh, classes and things. So, uh, and all, all that happened at the Ram for us. And uh, yeah, man, that, that, that passion, I really appreciate you saying that because it's something that I just do. So I never really think about it impacting people like that. Uh, so that that's awesome to hear. But, but likewise, I remember you giving me your business card and just, being like a real stand-up dude and just kind of carrying yourself really well, even though you smelled like shit and, uh, <laughs> and just kind of like, wow, this guy's all right. You know, just a couple showers from now, he should be pretty nice dude to do a podcast. No, obviously I didn't know that, but uh, no doubt. But yeah, man. So, <laughs> thank, thank you for saying that. Yeah. That's, that's why it's taken so long. You wanted to make sure you got a couple of extra showers. You're scared to get back <laughs> in the same room with him. <laughs> that guy's got a shower for like three months before we do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only doing it wirelessly. Yeah. <laughs> who does the uh, who does the artwork for you guys' cans? Yeah, so I was just thinking of that when during the couple minutes there that I wasn't talking. One person that we haven't talked about here, uh, most people, you know, most of our followers know, but for your listeners, uh, you know, the, there's a third link here missing. Uh, my wife, who's upstairs wrangling the kids and making sure they're uh, staying quiet so we don't have to hear them on the podcast. Uh, she's she's also one of the other owners of phase three. And then she's also our graphic designer and she's been, uh, I guess my personal graphic designer since, uh, you know, back at Ram and, uh, ever since the very first, uh, bottle that I ever put out. So she's been, she's been there the entire way too. So it's been us three kind of working our way to where we are now. So it's been fun. Sean, what's That's it like cool. being the third wheel of that group? <laughs> that's evan oh evan sorry i don't know why this beer is really strong <laughs> awesome. uh i hope you meant to say sean because that's hilarious but uh no it's great I, i'll tell you what when when we started phase three like and i'm you know sharing uh, this excitement with my family they're like you're gonna go into business with with another guy and his wife and i'm like yeah you know uh you don't know this other guy and his wife uh like i do you know and it was it was funny because i i could get the apprehension by people for that kind of thought but with us it's just never ever 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 been an issue um so i've known both of them just as long so the part that sean didn't mention there is that he met Brittany at the ram as well uh mm. so yeah she was a hostess i think you guys were both hostesses at the time or hostess. Nah, hostess. i was a server i was a server all right all right but <laughs> But you were a host at one point. No, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so Sean met Brittany at, at the Ram, too. So I met them, uh, you know, not too long after that. And so I've kind of been – we've all been friends, I guess, in that sense, uh, for as long as we've known all of us together. So it's been a very um, general friendship. So nothing's changed at all. And uh, and the one thing, too, is back at – especially with, uh, with Moore was that – we all have this friendship is also a working relationship because Brittany did all the design and label and marketing and merchandise there as well. So we, we knew that that dynamic was healthy and strong and, and something that we were willing to, to kind of dive in into this next venture together with. So I don't know if that was a legit question or not, but it turned into one. So no, we'll edit that whole out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, so yeah, the, scratch all that. The Ram is still going, right? Ram is still going, uh, but they've closed down uh, the two stores that Evan and I both worked at, the Wheeling and Schomburg Ram. Uh, mm. They still have the Rosemont Brew House, which uh, is basically most mostly guest taps, but I think they do have some of their own beer on back finally now, as of a few months ago. So they're like a multi, they had like 30 something restaurants at the time when we left, I think. And uh, I think most of them are still around, but definitely 
have closed a few. Um, I think they're just trying to get their, their act together a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Well, after you guys left, it's pretty hard to keep up business, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like to think we had that much of an impact, but ironically, it was very I shortly mean, after uh, yeah. Sean left that, yeah, that uh, Schaumburg went down and then, and then Wheeling eventually, yeah. So it sucks because, I mean, it'd be great to be able to go back there, you know, and sitting the old tables that we had so many memories at and uh again i mean shit sean met his wife there i actually met my fiance at the ram as well so so yes we have a ton of memories there so it's it's a real bummer i mean on paper it was a cool concept you know it was fresh beer it was good beer good clean beer that was that was super tasty to drink and the food was solid i think that just the craft beer scene has advanced so much just in the last five, seven, eight years. And I think Evan, uh, not to cut you off, but I think, uh, Evan and I like to use the term pivot a lot when we, when we talk about phase three and like their direction and know that, uh, basically no matter how big we, we think we want to get, we always want to stay small enough that we know that if, if something happens, we have, we're small enough to pivot quickly. And I think if you really break it down and kind of think about it, Ram just, got too big to pivot and uh, stay on trends. Uh, they started overlapping. I think it's just, you know, one thing led to another, just tripping over their own feet, just not being able to pivot as fast as they, they wanted to or, or should have been. And it just kind of worked itself out, I guess. Tell us a little bit about um, the transition. I know when you guys uh, first opened, you guys were brewing at Lake Zurich. Um, did right. you guys recently purchase the brewery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a good. That's a great question. Yeah. So basically, what the answer to that isn't so so much yes or no. Basically, we negotiated terms to purchase them, which we're in the process of executing. So yes, we we are purchasing Lake Zurich Brewing Company, but no, that's not one hundred percent complete yet. Talk about pivoting and growth. You guys just had your one year anniversary, or is that we did? Up? Yeah, we were yeah. very quiet about it. We it hasn't been a year since we released our first beer, but uh, oh, it's been just over a year since we brewed our first beer. We're coming up on it. Yeah, that's some nice uh, growth for you guys in the first year. I, I I had only heard that through the the rumor mill, and I guess like maybe I should have talked to you about that before I brought it up on the podcast. But yeah, no I, that's just that's just exciting no, you're fine, news man. That, no, you, that you guys are expanding like that and, and growing in that that fashion. We're super excited about it and it's a great question. And if you want to, yes, you know, again, we have, those terms are set. It is happening. It's just something that isn't is maybe black and white is the common consumer would like to see where they just want the signs changed the next day. And, you know, and all of a sudden there's a phase three tap room the next day. It's just a little bit more of a, a drawn out process. And that's was the best fit for both us and Lake Zurich. And so that's just kind of, how we wanted things to, to flow. So, um, no, it's a great question and it's an obvious question and, uh, we're super excited about it. Um, yeah, the, the growth in the first year has been amazing. We owe it to places like, you know, maze and mash places like burger social, obviously, as well as the tons of fans that are everywhere, which always just blows our mind. Like, I think when we, when we first started, we were just like, cool, like, we know we could sell a lot of beer out of Villa Park, but what about, you know, here and there? And what about these other reaches that we were talking about distributing to? Like, does anybody even know, you know, or care who we are about our story or about the beer that we're going to be dropping? And um, and it was just um, amazing to see that people did care and, and people did know. And, and yeah, the first year has, has been awesome. I, I think, I mean, I can speak for Sean and Brittany that we're just so grateful that, like, we've been afforded 
the opportunities we've had in this first year because it it wasn't anything other than a lot of hard work and then just like certain things lining up you know and and it could have the wind could have blown a hundred different ways and it may have gone differently but it's gone how it has so so yeah we're, we're fortunate for everybody involved and including like zerk for letting us in the doors a year ago to come in and do what we started doing so Johnny, what's uh, what's your thoughts on this uh, vector point? Where are you at? And it just so Sean and Evan yeah, probably John, some tasty notes. Yeah, J- John drinks Coors Light, Rumplemans, and Captain and Coke. Okay, Evan I'm actually so offended by the Rumplemans. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the fuck, man. <laughs> so he's he, he's the one that gets to, to try these for the first time in, in these styles so yeah. johnny what's give it give us some uh give, what's your thoughts on this vector point so i've had a few of your beers and every beer that i've had has been, has been great i'm not saying that just because you guys are on right now but the vector point it's solid man it's not it's not dry on the mouth right like you can drink like probably a few of these i know it's 7.7 but it doesn't like feel like that right you can probably catch up on you and get wasted and, and you're gonna like wake up next morning <laughs> nude in bed not knowing what happened but Good i think Johnny it's delicious i also like the vector point because i'm a graphic artist so i appreciate the uh vector point pen that's solid man <laughs> yeah yeah so again my my wife is our graphic designer so she does a, a lot of these and a handful of our other beers have uh camera references and that stems to my hobby of being a. Uh, I like photography. By no means a professional photographer, but it's just fun to me. And then we've had a couple beers with, you know, aviation references. References, references to aviation. <laughs> so low ceilings that so wh- we've done twice now. So why aviation? My other, um, my side piece, if you will, is I've been in the Air Guard uh, since high school. So I've, I'm a flight engineer on C 130. So got a little flying, little flying itch <laughs> there. But, uh, but yeah, we try not to make it too obvious. There's low ceilings. Uh, we had positive launch, which is a, a term used in our world. And uh, we snuck one more in, but it's, it's escaping me. So yeah, we're, um, we try to kind of piece up together some of our, our interests as, as we go along with these beer names. What is like your top <laughs> tier sort of like beers that you have out there? I know like Burger Social mentioned a few that you guys have on tap. Amazing Mash, you know, they got your beers on tap. Like, what, what is your, like, top tier? Like, if anybody's listening right now, they got to go out and get right now. It's a hard answer, I think. Uh, and I don't want to sound, uh, you know, like, cocky or anything, but, like... I mean, definitely everybody has different tastes, right? I guess, like, our top tier beers, Cram would probably right now be in, in that, but we didn't do any kegs of that just with the whole given situation with uh, COVID-19 and restaurants not being able to do uh, draft. So... Creme would, I would say creme would be it, but um, that's not something you're probably going to find very easily. Uh, Pressed is obviously like a top tier brand, I would say, for us as far as like just people constantly wanting it. We, you know, seeing reactions, seeing the type of responses we get when we release those. Curvature, which is our Imperial Stout series. For most Chantilly. of our listeners, so you guys are, are really highly sought after for beer in the area. Um, most of our listeners, we would tell them to go to like the beer cellar, follow the beer cellar in Glen Ellen or Geneva to find out when your guys' drafts are coming out because you guys don't necessarily brew the same beer all the time. You guys are doing more small batch stuff where it's a little bit different each time. So not all the beer is readily available. Is that correct? That's a good way to kind of, I guess, say what I, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that that's probably the, the a better answer than what I gave. The only thing I will add to that is that we are trying to start get into a little bit more of a rhythm with certain beers i will say pixel density is going to be like our first uh, year-round beer we're going to try to keep that fresh and on shelves as much as we can 
we brew smaller batches of it, but you're going to see it every two or three weeks versus, uh, you know, once a year or, or once or twice a year. Um, we're going to try to keep that enough stocked to our accounts enough where it's readily available by the time it's running out on a shelf they're getting replenished and we just kind of can keep it fresh but that's our i don't want to downplay it and call it our introductory hazy but it kind of is it's a it's an it's ipa a gateway, you know yeah it's a it's a little bit of a gateway but it's uh you know an ipa a hazy ipa with citra hops in it so it's a very broad stroke example of kind of what our hazies are about and, and if you're interested in that it should get you maybe you know, wanting wanting to try another beer of ours. What we were finding is that most of our beer is fairly small batch in the sense of that it comes out one time and you may not see it again for a year or six months or whatever. So pixel density fills that void of just being more regular and something that someone can associate us with, I guess, and, and not have to seek us out per se. Yeah, I like the aspect of like making that intrigue, right? Like you're changing things up throughout the entire year and you're kind of just like, all right, this is what we got. We're pumping it out. Gobble it up. Move on to the next thing. I like that. Kind yeah, of and, platform, I, right? and I, I will say it's not, I, I would love to take credit for that, but I, th- I definitely think that's the consumer base. I, I, yeah. I have to imagine you guys probably see that a lot, even with the food stuff uh, or even cocktails, you know, seasonal stuff just tends to sell better. And I think it's just the market that, that we're all in. Uh, I think just a, it's human nature that you want to try something new every time. You can't, you don't want to have the same thing for dinner every single night. You want to try What's the chef making tonight? What's what's you know what's the special this week or this month or yeah or whatever? So I think I think it's important for us and I know, tend to think that people are like creatures of habit though, and they seek they they have their like sort of interior sort of like habit that they like right for but sure. But I think you guys are doing the right thing in having unique things that people can you know try outside of that habit. I I totally agree. Yeah. I I do see the I, I see both points. I yeah, think yeah. right now though. For the market that we have, I think it keeps them in, engaged a little bit more if we're creating new flavors, if you will, more often. But I totally understand that. Uh, I think that just comes more down to also tank space. So we, we kind of looked at like uh, our fermenter space and what we were able to do daily. And uh, what is that? Pretty made a cocktail. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a baby's head for a second. Yeah. It's got a. Uh, she's like. That looks delicious. Butter, butterfly pea powder or whatever, and lime and gin. Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I, I like that glass there. That's sharp. So, <laughs> when are you guys going to put the uh, the golden ticket in one of your beer bottles? Uh, you know, so like uh, Willy Wonka style, so like uh, patrons can come and see like your uh, establishment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You were talking about like <laughs> you, were, you were talking about all the different flavors you guys were coming up with and like all that kind of stuff. It was a stretch, but I apologize. Hey, totally. You're you're not far off. That, <laughs> that is a little bit of the, if you take a step back and kind of see what we're doing, that, that really is kind of how it feels. Yeah. Um, we got a beer right now in the fermenter that we cannot stop drinking. Out of the fermenter? Actually, yeah. And we actually filled up seven 50 milliliter bottles uh, last night of it on our way out because we were all just jonesing so bad for it. I don't know, Sean, if you want to touch on that one. Yeah. So he's talking about a... Uh, a series of beers that we have is called uh, like P3, so short, you know, just the abbreviations for phase three, but we do P3 lager. So it's just, we change up what lager that is. So similar to like our other series where it has a common theme, but try to make it different every time. So we've done, you know, a P3 American Pilsner. Uh, we did a P3 Oktoberfest. Uh, we did the P3 Polish Pilsner recently, and then now we're on to the P3 oat lager that was dry hopped with uh 
German Saphir hops. And uh, yeah, it's just like a fun, it was a fun beer. I've never had an oat, uh, never made an oat lager. So I guess it was just like something in my head working with a lot of oats with IPAs and stuff. So it was like, let's try throwing a bunch of oats into a lager and give it a dry hop, but a dry hop that would kind of be traditional, I guess. If, if there was a traditional dry hop in Germany, this would probably fit that profile so we we use german hops and yeah it's just a super easy drinking fun beer uh but we can't wait to drop that in a week and a half or two weeks from now so but yeah it's all carved up and in the fermenter it's cold so i mean we're not like drinking fermenting beer per se uh it's just lagering it's cold thanks for clarifying that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know it sounded a little weird like oh yeah we're drinking all this beer out of the fermenter like it's finished it's just yeah Yeah. It's really technically easy. it's technically in its lagering phase, so it's it's 33 degrees right now, and we have uh, you know some carbonation on it, so it tastes nice. It's what brewers would call the Uzbekul style, so it's just fresh from the tank, but it's it's ready to drink essentially. If you guys need help canning that, Mike and I will come help you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about this beer. So Let's we just this this, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is absolutely incredible. It's silky smooth. It's got great flavor. And I want to know a little bit about what goes into it as far as the oats and what the milk sugar provides for what it says on the can. Yeah. Here, if you guys don't mind. So creme was kind of a sparked idea from uh, a lot of inspiration from our buddies over at Other Half in New York and Brooklyn. I had never had one of their beers that was called that that kind of sparked this, which I think they call the you know their Daydream series. But it sounded super intriguing. It was a beer that they use a lot of oats in, and then they also use what they say is a hint of lactose. So, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to clone their beers or anything like that, but I definitely just took a lot of inspiration uh, when making this one based on the profile that I thought that they were probably achieving. So it was, it was a little bit of a shot in the dark. I had actually never had one up until we brewed this. So a little bit on, it's kind of how my story with hazy started where it was just, I had never had like a, a true new England treehouse or trillium IPA until I had first brewed one called juicy at Ram. And then uh, one of my buddies dropped one off right towards the end of fermentation. And like after I dry hopped and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I actually kind of like hit this one on the head. So Needless to say, I think it turned out pretty good. I'm not sure if it is exactly the profile that they kind of hit or go for, but definitely had some good uh, feedback here in, in the Chicago market. So regardless, I think it, it turned out nice. And uh, as far as like what the elements bring there and why it's different is just a very large amount of oats compared to what we typically would use in like a normal IPA, literally about two times more than what we would normally use. Um, we don't usually ever use lactose in anything unless we say we're using it in that. So we've only had a few beers that have that, like uh, our Chantilly series, which is a milkshake IPA, uh, which, you know, we say we use lactose in it. And then Warmest Wishes was a beer that we did. Uh, it was an oatmeal milk stout that one had lactose in it. This one kind of just was, let's see what a little bit of lactose can kind of do with, like, let's just make this as absolutely creamy, silky as we possibly can. And we tried it. So I guess that's what the oats in the in the lactose do is just add sweetness, creaminess, that sort of thing. So it's kind of an alternative route. If you don't like our regular beers or you think our regular IPAs could use more sweetness, then this is probably for you. If you don't really care for the sweetness, Stick to our regular IPAs. They don't have the lactose in there. They finish a little drier. They drink a little drier. Just kind of opens up the the doors for for other options. Uh, it's like really light and uh, like it's really soft on the on the palate. 
the sweetness definitely comes through. This is a beer that I'm probably going to finish before we're done talking about it. I wish it was 4% because then I could have like nine <laughs> of them. Yeah, this, like this, one, will, this one will creep up, creep up on you. I like the mouthfeel on this. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's velvety and it kind of like lingers a little bit more than most beers. It's nice. What do you guys plan for the future obviously besides you know growing to kind of combat your competitors or do you feel like you guys are all in this together that everybody's growing as the industry just gets stronger and bigger i think that for the most part the brewing industry and i and i there's parts of the country and parts you know different areas of the country that um probably do it better than chicago are very work together we're all in this together let's do this together let's help each other out I think Chicago's pretty good at it, but I definitely see some pretty big gaps that I wish weren't there, but there's definitely breweries that see this as a 100% competitive game versus, hey man, like let's talk over a couple beers about your process. Like I'll tell you a little bit of mine, you tell me a little bit of yours. Let's just like kind of like we're in this together that deep. Let's just go. That I would say is definitely, I wouldn't say most breweries there's definitely a handful of breweries though that i could you know can think of that probably limit themselves on stuff like that evan has to remind me constantly of not sharing too much information you know because i i tend to be a pretty open book about everything that we're doing even things that i don't realize are like very much so like what makes a certain beer it's it's specific profile and, and evan will definitely be like all right man like that took you a while to figure out you probably like like let's get it off the ground before you start like telling everyone else what we're doing like for, we we really want to appreciate you guys for joining us on the sipping social podcast all the beers you guys pump out are phenomenal love you guys's uh passion your attitude and i and honestly i learned a lot from talking to you guys tonight uh before we wrap this up um anything you guys want to plug for your brewery for our listeners before we do one thing i want to plug man is we, we have a we have a team behind us a lot more than what we started with talking about you know our growth over a year we're we're up to seven employees now, so uh, team members. So yeah, so we have two brewers. We have pretty much three guys that help us with distro and a couple other random, you know, odd jobs around the brewery, and then two other part-time people that help us on canning days and whatnot. So yeah, there's what you see today, and and what what's happened with Phase Three is is not just me, Sean, and Brittany. It's it's uh, a lot of other people that get it done and put in all these long hours with us. So. Mm thank them a lot a lot a lot a lot we would not be you guys even want to talk to us right now if it wasn't for those people so that's pretty humble of you man pretty humble thanks for joining us sean nice to meet you brother anytime you're nice nice to meet you guys when the stuff gets back to normal let's uh let's all hook up have some drinks at, at social and and drink some bourbon on the company's dime absolutely man sounds fun cheers boys thanks for joining us cheers cheers guys First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you.
Check one, two. Check yes. one, two. Check one, one, two, Rumblemans. All right, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any Rumblemans on deck. If you were a man, you would have some. <laughs> they, they be quiet. You're embarrassing me. Yeah. He's got the apple pie shout out from the background. <laughs> you said no video, man. I didn't even do my hair. <laughs> I haven't showered today. I believe it. <laughs>